Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Everson Football Club have won an away game in the Premier League for the first time since March. They went to Southampton and won 2-1. In terrible conditions on the south coast there, Mike Diasher and Rob Vera join me to have a chat about it. Um, are we dead happy? Rob, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling after that? Uh, I, I'm i tired. <laughs> I'm tired a little bit, but but I'm also, this is also the best I've felt in a while, but that's, that's sadly how you begin to feel or where the bar gets to when you've had a start that's been this bad so a three points against a t- and and i think the the toughest part of that equation of course is i'm happy and i'm also kind of confused about it because it, it's this was a team that played we played well in so many stretches of this game and we just can't finish and this has been going on for such a long time but it kills us it kills us because against a better team we might have lost this game today how are you feeling, Mike? Relieved. Absolutely relieved. Do you know what? Um, it seems mad that the last time I ever won the away game was West Ham. When was that? March. Yeah. March. March. That's mental. But in another sense, it's not quite mental because we have been absolutely awful away from home. But Rob's right. It's That was a game Everton pretty much dominated apart from, what, maybe 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah. But as you said while we were watching it, Matt, like... That's an indictment of Everton is that they can go four minutes of pressure and that's enough to buckle them, which is a little bit worrying going forward. I think Rob is right that a better team does win that game, but you can't knock three points at the end of the day. No, you can't. Um, the manager made some pretty big calls today, Rob, in regards to his team selection. Uh, Gilby Sigerton and Sheng Tosin coming into the side. Um, I think I put on Twitter myself before the game that I was surprised by that, given how Southampton had... had sort of failed to cope with some lively forwards that Leicester had um, but, but you know fair dues Everton played well in the first half they were in control in the first half and the goal doesn't ultimately 
come from Everton being dominant and Everton putting a good move together. It comes from a set piece, but it's just great to see Tom Davies on the score sheet and you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it was his absolute best game he's had today in regards to all-round performance. I think he was better against West Ham and Brighton and, and even against Tottenham last week. But it's just nice to see Tom Davis running away to the corner, celebrating a goal, giving it loads, isn't it? As, as someone who has admittedly been a, a long-time skeptic of Tom Davis, um, this, this moment we're having with him right now is significant. And it feels significant. And um, you're right. Like you could probably point to other games where he's he's put in a better overall performance. But I also think he was so much of what they needed today. And uh, even when things weren't coming off and, and getting that goal, I mean, you feel like he needed that goal and we needed that goal somehow. It was awesome. I'm I'm. I, I I think a lot of what's happened with him over the last few years is, is he's not really been able to figure out who he is, but I think he's starting to – I mean, I think Tom Davis knows who he is, but I don't think he knew what he could be consistently because of all of the weird management and all of the kind of hard-to-identify mm. traits he's got. But I think he's found himself uh, in terms of playing time, and I think he is really taking this opportunity. And getting that goal was just – it, it it felt like today things might turn and they and, and it ended up turning. So good yeah. for Tom Davis. It's it's like um, you say he found himself there. I think that's something that people say when they go in these gap years every now and then. He looks like he's very much just got back from one of them <laughs> the way he is at the moment. But I think what's um, what's good for me about Tom Davis, Mike, is that on this show we have devoted minutes and hours to talking about what his best position is and where he needs to be deployed in the team. I think you can look at him against um, West Ham, where he plays alongside Andre Gomez, against Brighton, where he's you know, in the same situation. You look at him last week, where he plays alongside two other different midfielders. You look at him today, where he plays alongside Morgan Snyderland, in different systems, with different personnel. And he's adapted. He's been able to adapt to the situation. He's been able to have an impact, impact on the game in different situations. And that, for me, is probably just as much of a sign of him maturing and getting better as a footballer than it is him scoring a goal or it is him playing well. We're, we're seeing a footballer now who is getting put in situations that may not necessarily suit him, but he's still doing pretty well. Oh, absolutely. I think the idea of him stepping up to the challenge that's in front of him is the making of the man. And I think, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about Mason Holgate in a second, but that's exactly the same as these two players have both just stood up and they've done themselves no end of good during these few weeks where Everton have been playing incredibly poorly and that's it's a hard task to manage and you look at this run of games that will go from December into January before we can have a chance to dabble in the transfer market and you think these two players they've really got a chance ahead of them to just make themselves Everton first teamers and men more than that. Yeah, um, the rest of the first half, Rob. Um, I'm sure we'll, you know, this, this is going to be the negative part of the podcast for people who, <laughs> who want the positivity. But um, Edison should, should have killed the game off, shouldn't he? Um, you, you're looking at it, and there's so many times where we got through the middle of the pitch and were able to break on Southampton's back four. Wrong decisions, poor finishing, just just a, a combination of little factors that sort of cost us from being two three nil up at half time and. I think I suppose the worry in regards to all this is that I think a lot of teams in the Premier League, I'd say probably 10 to, to 12, maybe 13 teams in this league, when they're in that situation of St Mary's being one that up, will kill the game off in that, that in that point before half-time. And Everton didn't quite manage to do it today. Yeah, but I would acknowledge too that what is killing a game off for Everton versus what it would be for other teams? I mean, we have... 
<laughs> I, I mean, they they needed they. I, I, I think that for a good team, you've got a team that that goes at least two up, but probably three up at halftime, and you would feel safe. I don't know that I'd feel safe with Everton with ju- just a two goal lead, but you're right. Like we should have we should have been up at least three. It's some of the best we've looked. Um, you know, Chink Tosin, he blew chances to finish, which is ultimately what he is brought in to do. But what I will say about him is that you can see kind of a tidy uh, passing game in the box with him and, and, and guys like uh, Walcott and, and Richarlison and, 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 and uh, Sigurdsson as well. And it, it just didn't come off. Um, there was that early header in the first half that really stuck out for me where I think it was – was it Walcott who who kicked who got the uh, crossover uh, from the right side of the box? Yeah, and I think he, so. Yeah, it was like it was like a it was like a one two where they passed uh, shared passes back and forth, and then uh, Tosin just skied that header, and he knew it. And that's that's really this is this was a chance for him, and and I think it's kind of mixed reviews. I think I probably would have felt comfortable with Calvert Lewin, but at the same time, I think Tosin did create things, and we need more creation with you know, the players were missing. So I thought that aspect of it was good, but yeah, we, we should have, we should have scored more. Um, but again, um, the, the performance overall of them to not get too discouraged in the first half about it, I, I think was good. Uh, and you feel like you feel like it's one of those games where you're up one, but you've got full control, but then of course Southampton equalized. And so, uh, it, it just shows you that no matter how well you're playing, one goal is just never enough. And, and you've got to extend that lead, especially when you've earned it with the quality of your play before that. I think Rob's right there, but I think the thing we should focus on is the fight that they show more than anything when it does end up 1-1, because everyone is stood watching that game and they know what's happening. There's an equaliser coming. Danny Ings is on the pitch. It's just going to happen. You know it. But I think for the last two weeks, we've seen Everton fight back at adversity that we haven't seen in recent weeks. And I know we've complained endlessly about VAR, and I've definitely been culpable of that as more, more than anyone. But at the end of the day, it's about the 11 players on the pitch and the fellas there who, when we looked at the Brighton game, had a decision that was obviously the Premier League have said now that, that it was a ridiculous decision it never should have stood that just crippled and lost the game it's nice that we're in a position now where in the face of adversity be it football in adversity or decision making adversity yeah. that they can actually overcome it rather than just buckle which I think is incredibly important when you look at the run when we're coming up to in December yeah I don't want to dwell on the negatives for long, you know. It's all negative. No, I, I, I mean, but like, I, you know, I was going to come back to you on, on, no. in regards to the, to the goal, Mike. It, um, you know, I think they were saying on the, the commentary that we watched it was a set piece goal. It felt very much like a second phase of a set piece. I don't know if that counts in regards to, to Optus stats or anything like that. Um, we'll ask Matt Cheaton before. But yeah, we, yeah <laughs> we'll get him on again this week at some point, no doubt. Um, but is that the main disappointment for you? I mean, I think, I think it is hard sometimes when you are, especially when you seem low on confidence in your play and. You know, well in the first half, and you've been able to create chances. I think I think it's hard to go in a half time, and then for the manager and the players to be like, right, keep that up and go again. And Everton clearly weren't able to do that. You know, Southampton made a tactical change. Buffal came on; it it worked for them. But it just felt like this team ambled through that that fifteen minute, twenty minute section of the football match. To be honest, I think that's definitely on the players more than anything. Well, I said to you while we were watching yeah. it, Matt was. The manager can go back into the dressing room and say, now be careful, because they can't be that bad in the second half. There will be a reaction 
prepare for it, deal with it, and then move on. And the players didn't. And I think that that is the one criticism that you can aim at these players is that there was an issue with, what was it, four minutes of pressure, maybe five minutes at most, and it was like, okay, that's enough. Now we'll buckle and we'll concede a goal. But on the flip side, it was incredibly gratifying to see an Everton team go, no, that's not the way this works, and then deal with it and then go on to win the game and actually just defend resolutely. And I think the the two centre-halves obviously need a bit of credit as well. I think we found the starting partnership for the remainder of the season. It it is Mina and Holgate because they just, they balance each other so well. And obviously, Yerry Mina's been Everton's best player this season by quite quite a way. And I've eaten some words talking about Yerry Mina. (laughs) But Mason Holgate, I think we spoke through it with the week last week and a little bit before, is that he seems to be stepping up and becoming much more of just a professional footballer rather than just an up-and-coming youngster. There's a lot more to his game now. And those two look incredibly solid at the back and they look capable of dealing with things. So I think that definitely benefits Everton in the sense that the forward players can then have the confidence in their attacks if they're actually going to have them on targets, which obviously they didn't in the first half. But in the second half, there's a lot more confidence going forwards because you know you have two centre-halves there who are capable and bounce each other out. And I think I think as well, Rob, it wasn't, you know, after after that goal, I don't want to go into it too much, but but after that goal, Southampton had, had a bit of a flurry and, you know, there's a lot of talk about like wrestling momentum back in football matches, you, you need you know, to grasp the initiative. I don't think Ellison necessarily wrestled the momentum back or grasped the initiative. It was, it was very much a case of steadily working their way back into the game. You know, they started to find the passion patterns again, started to get Richarlison in the game a little bit more, and they just felt as though they slowly started to turn the tide of the game. And, you know, you look at Brighton a few weeks ago where when something went against them, they, they instantly folded, and, and, you know, there's countless times away from home over the last few years where something goes against this team and, and they do buckle. Um, I think it's to the credit today that they, they, they did manage, and Mike mentioned the fight there, but I think in terms of footballing as well, just getting the foot on the ball, making smart decisions and just showing that they are a better football team. I think I think this was so huge for them because they, they, they buckled uh, at times and they would definitely run into a moment like you're talking about after the Southampton equalizer, where it felt like a tipping point where it was going to be, you know, is this going to go the same way or is it not? And for them to fight back. uh, And and like you said, not a real big quick flurry, but just kind of working their way back into the game, um, you know, just kind of exposing Southampton for kind of the, 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 the the 11 that they had out there. I, I think Everton just kind of, Stayed calm. Um, you heard Silva a lot. I, I don't know how it sounded on TV for others or for those who are at the match, but I mean, I, I, you, you always hear Silva a lot during during uh, Everton matches. But I really felt like he was plugged into every single moment during the game. Um, he was uh, ma- he made himself heard, and uh, you could tell uh, it was stressing him out to try to get that win. But yeah, this this was this was a great performance from from a, a, a team that's been challenged. Uh, in some pretty significant ways with some pretty traumatic stuff uh, in regards to Gomez's injury, uh, the VAR stuff, kind of the snake bit feeling, if you will. Uh, So for them to kind of 
uh, you know, work their way back, get the get the winner and hold on. Uh, you'll take it. And uh, hope that's something that they should be able to build on. But that's really the trick for Everton, isn't it? It's <laughs> it, can they build on one really good game uh, and, and, and extend that a little bit? And that's going to be the challenge moving forward. Well, I'll come back to you on, on as well, Rob, in regards to the, the winning goal. And I think for me, it's very much um, it was two lads who needed the goal for, you know, to be involved in the goal for very different reasons. I think Gibral Sadibi had a pretty iffy game at times today, gave away some rash free kicks, obviously picked up the yellow card. Um, he puts a great cross in. And of, and of course, Richarlison, with all the focus on him this week in regards to his diving and the manner in which he you know, goes down too easily in inverted commas, um, I think it was really important for him to, just to show what he's really good at. And he is really good at scoring goals when he gets into those positions. He's a fantastic finisher. Absolutely. And, and, you know, speaking of tipping points, I, I think, you know, there was that that um, a little bit of uh, Seamus Coleman coming out uh, early before the second half started to warm up. Uh, you, you might have thought that Sidibe might have gone out of the game after that that uh, kick to the leg that he received right before halftime. Uh, but he stuck in the game. And like you said, it was a bit of an uneven performance at times. But that's kind of our right back situation at this point, you know. Uh, and, and Sidibe had his moment. And what a moment. That was an amazing cross. Uh, and obviously a really neat finish from Richarlison. But uh, that's what he can give you. And, you know, in a on a better in a better year where, you know, we had more positive momentum, you might think that uh, he's he would be a better backup than a full time starter. But right now, I think Sidibe gives Everton something they need, which is uh, chance creation. And, and it was really nice to see him uh, get that one in for Richarlison's goal. I think Luca Dean had a very good game as well. Just the, the impact of him going forward seemed to be a lot more than it has been in recent weeks. There's been, I don't know how many key passes or whatever you want to throw at him, but it mm. seemed to me there was a lot more impact of him going forwards, And I think that carries on from the Spurs game, obviously for the equaliser. Yeah. He just seems to be a lot more capable and back to being the Luca Digne that we know from last season rather than the one who seemed to be a bit more vulnerable, which I think is an excellent thing going forwards for Everton because, let's be honest, the main the main attack and plan is cross, cross, cross. Yeah. And, and what about Richarlison there, Mike? Because, you know, I think he's somebody, I mean, you spoke about during the game there and, you know, using an out of the football match and I just think taking away all of it and stripping it all back, it's just after the week he's had in regards to that, that article sort of digging him out. Just let him, you know, he, he if he had the score today, you know, he would have gone away from that game being a little bit you know, unhappy with himself. There's that moment when he went down in the second half where he gets he gets clobbed a little bit and, you know, the Southampton fans are booing. And I think if you're a striker and you go away from the game and you're not scored the goal, you're probably dwelling on that throughout the international break. So for him to have that goal, that moment with the away fans, and even going off as a sub in front of the away fans and getting the adulation of them as he walks around the pitch, yeah, it's probably pretty massive for him. Oh, definitely. I think he's got to take it in the same way that Wilfred Zaha took it, was yeah. that it's a compliment at the end of the day. If fans deem you so dangerous that they're going to dedicate their time to trying to put you off or make you feel down and that's a good thing at the end of the day but I do agree that that you look at the week he's had that that goal was just so important and it does (laughs) the annoying thing is we sit here and we look and we see that he is the player that could have big things happen to him in that squad Mm. he is the one player that you look at and you go the potential is there for him to be just enormous 
and it's annoying that I don't know. We see moments where he tries to take on a fullback who's not quite a fullback, who's a centre half, who should be easy to take on, and we sit here and say he should be getting past that man much easier, and he just takes a lot more time about doing it or fails to do mm. it. And there are a lot of frustrations in that. But I do think that that goal will have just done him the world of good. And as you said while we were watching it, Matt was he's a born goal scorer. Like mm. the, that's what his that's what his skill is, and if that means playing as some sort of inside left forward that isn't really on the wing but also has cover out there then unfortunately you have to just make that work somehow because he is Everton's greatest goal threat and he's proved that today yeah Uh, just to finish off then Rob we were speaking before we hit record today and I was going through the Premier League table and having a little look Everton are up into 13th now before the rest of the games are played this weekend and they're only five points off fifth place. <laughs> um, it's it's a strange Premier League this season. It's it's a very strange campaign. And I suppose you you look at it at this early point in the campaign. And, you know, you sort of look at it and say you know, what what a win does for you and how it can transform fortunes, transform thoughts on a particular team. Um, it, it feels as though after that win today, Everton are in a, obviously in a much better place now. You've got the international break. We don't have to dwell on the defeat or. A, or a draw where they've been ahead, and you look ahead to Norwich and think if they can win there, all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit better about things going into that torrid December. Yeah, um, it it really is unreal how, I, I think you used the word, how strange the league has been. I mean, it's been bad. I mean, I think that this speaks more to the quality of the league than it does anything else, but it also says that it's not too late for us to still you know, correct some things and go on a good run. I mean, the season's not totally lost um, if if the league is this bad. If the league starts to drift away and Everton keep playing like this, they're going to kind of stay in trouble. Um, they've got to put wins together, um, and they've got to keep that, that form up. But I think the encouraging thing we saw today was something that's been a trend now that, that looks like it might be a thing which is what Tom Davis and Mason Holgate have added in terms of um, adding new elements to the yeah. side, um, adding things that are positive traits. And so from that standpoint, I think uh, Everton, you know, the league is bad, but uh, Everton can't, don't necessarily have to throw anything away, but they've got to put wins together or we're going to just be talking about, you know, that dangerously close. I don't think they're a relegation team, obviously, but I think that we don't want to be talking about it and and I think Everton have got to find ways to put wins together. Just very quickly, Rob, and I've seen on Twitter before, and we've mentioned them briefly, but you've been very impressed with Mason Holgate recently? Yes. Um, I, I, I think what Mike said, uh, Michael said, excuse me, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I think what Michael said about, uh, about Mina, or Mina being our best player is is uh, absolutely correct. You know, I've been a long time Yeri uh, believer. Uh, and so right now I'm going to smile about it while he's playing well, but he's, he's had a really good start to the season, but for whatever reason, and I can't completely articulate it since Holgate has come into the side, you now have, I mean, it may just be about two center halves that, that are more comfortable on the ball, but I just feel safer with those two together. I think it's the more, um, not that I really can compare these players too much, but it is that sort of Zuma effect that we all talk about in terms of, of you know, there being a, a balance between having the, the really good, big, uh, dominant header, but also having someone with, with pace. And, and I think that he's offered more balance. And I think that mm-hmm. that 
combined with Tom Davis play has really added something uh, to the side that resembles a spine that we can build on for all the, you know, for all the, the, the crap and the weirdness with the, the VAR and the, 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 obviously the injuries and everything else. I mean, we played some bet slightly better football. I mean, it's <laughs> again, the bar's so low right now, but three points is something to build on. Now they've got to build on it. But yes, I think Mason Holgate has been absolutely key to that. And I think he has uh, had a moment where he has stepped up his game uh, in a way that I, I think I'm, I'll admit, I kind of doubted that, that it was in him at this point. Uh, I was a little nervous when I was over there and we were, uh, they had to bring <laughs> him on at the end of that, that, uh, Watford game, but he's been awesome. And, and I hope that this is the, uh, the pairing for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Mason Holgate has really started to grow up as a footballer. And I think that if he carries on on this trajectory, he'll be in the England squad within 18 months. That's, the that's a big shout given the centre out Well, what do you mean? Well, Joe Gomez, Stones, Harry Maguire. And a head of key, well, he's a head of key for us. So, he yeah. is, isn't he? And I have him, if he carries on the trajectory he's on, then you look at him ahead of Keane, ahead of Tarkovsky, and the likes of that. And he's got to be a shout within that if he does carry on. But the important thing for me is that both him and Davies come out of this winter schedule. Well, let's be honest and make no bones about it. It's going to be a horrible winter. Like, mm. It's going to be hard. No matter how well they play, it's going to be hard having what two central midfielders that are fit most of the time because let's be honest Delph's going to be out with this hamstring yeah. injury for however long and then you've got Michael Keane who can slot in but again you've only really got the choice of three centre-halves you've got your basic spine it's going to be pretty knackered by the time we get to what Boxing Day New Year's Day yeah. if they can come out of this schedule still with their heads held high that'll be the making of them in Everton and you look at someone like Tom Davies he's needed this for the longest time like we look back at last Christmas when Andre Gomez was being run into the ground because Marco Silva didn't trust any of the other central midfielders. That's what we, what he's needed. Is that just someone to just go, right, push him in? And we've started today with um, Anthony Gordon on the bench and you look at that yeah. as another player who you think, okay, we'll need to must and we don't know how long Bernard's going to be out for, whether he's going to make it back for Norwich or not. You look at it and you think, that's another opportunity for another young lad and if there is anything good to come out of this schedule when Everton don't have very much in the scrape in the bottom of the barrel, that's the one thing we can look at and see a bit of hope in. Yeah, it's amazing what a win can do. Uh, just another, nice, word, another word for Tom Davis. That tackle in the first half was fantastic as well. It really was. Um, really brilliant challenge. I think it was on, on Danny Ings. But uh, yeah, we're all very happy. Uh, Everton have won a football match away from Gullison <laughs> Park and it's great. Uh, thanks very much to Mike and to Rob. We'll have all your usual stuff on the Blue Room this week. Uh, we'll be re- reacting to that win. In finer detail over on the Blue Room Extra as well, and with all your other extra shows. And we'll catch up with you again very soon. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.